With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports. With Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way, and Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. Second hour, Light the Tower here on the Horn, well underway here. Talking about Craig's love uh, of Sandy Koufax during the break. Well, he was, he, he kind of preceded me. I mean, you know, Sandy was in his prime when I was in my single digits, and I was like three, four, five, six, so I don't remember him, but I've obviously read all the stuff yes. about him uh, afterwards. And I told you about my, my brush with, uh, I, 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 one of the few regrets I have in my professional life is, here it is, minutes before taking air at the Final Four in the Superdome in 03, and Eddie taps on my shoulder and goes, hey, look who's sitting behind us. I said, what? He goes, look over there. And I look and I said, is that Sandy Koufax? He goes, yeah. And I always regretted never like, going over and being fanboy and doing it. I didn't. I resisted. Maybe if it was an hour before air. No, maybe. I would have. I have. Uh, I, think I've, I think on the job I've fanboyed twice. Yeah. Nolan Ryan and David Robinson. Well, those are both that. completely understandable. When I was, when I was covering the Express. Because, you know, being at the ballpark at that time, like 03, 04, you're going to run into Nolan mm-hmm. at some point. It was evident. And the first time I did, I was it was before a game. I'm, I'm working on a story. I need to talk to Jackie Moore about something. And I love minor league baseball because you yeah. just kind of go in the clubhouse sure. and do whatever. Love, that's why I love covering baseball. And I turned a corner. I go into Jackie's office, and the door is kind of cracked open. And I was like, I said, hey, Skip, you got a minute. And right when I said that, I look at the couch, and Nolan's in there talking to him. He's like, well, not really. It's like, don't worry. I'll come back. And I'm just like, uh, my brother was with me. I'm like, dude, that was Nolan Ryan sitting right there. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know. That was Nolan. <laughs> like, well, probably, maybe we'll see him later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Completely understandable on that. Uh, uh, clean up from hour number one. I was talking about the snakes in the house. Uh, somebody said snakes are cold blooded. They're the temperature of the surrounding ambient air. Yeah. So you've had it with those monkey fighting snakes in this Monday to Friday house. Yeah, there you go. Somebody said snakes are cold blooded. Makes no sense, you know, going in there. Uh somebody said, Do y'all remember we were talking about the, the subway story and all that? Do y'all remember Longhorn Po Boys? I do. And falafel on medical arts. The uh, falafel, gyro, shawarma, cheesesteak, cold cuts. Not a single po boy in the menu. I love that place. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bevo Lance Jason says the chicken whopper, not a neat deal, and surely not a meat deal. Ah, I see what you did. Of there. all the great food I've had in the state of Louisiana, mm-hmm. red beans and rice, etouffee, yes. you name it. I think the roast beef po' boy might be the thing that blew my mind the most. Cause, it's really cause, good. Because when I heard roast beef, I'm thinking like, okay, roast beef, like you go down to H E B in the yeah, deli. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. It's a different. This was like a, a like shaved pot roast. Yep. 
with gravy and Cajun seasoning on on mm-hmm. bread, and it mm-hmm. was it was awesome. Really good. I love a, a shrimp po' boy, muffaletta sandwich. I mean, those are all. It's really- that Parkway Grocery. I had a shrimp po' boy, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it tasted. That doesn't have tartar sauce on it. I think. Yeah. yeah. Stuffed but, Cajun meat market over on six twenty. Because I think uh, it was it was great going down, but then about. 3 a.m. in my hotel while I was on a recruiting swing through New Orleans. It, ah, it announced the, its presence. The tartar ta- sauce hit me, which uh, is why okay. I don't mess with tartar sauce uh, anymore. Okay, okay. It's one of the reasons. Uh, somebody said, talk about phrasing, Craig. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Uh, you, the fister? Yeah, you just wouldn't let it go when I was sitting there, and I, I just kept moving on there because it's the hotel. Um, Starts with a P. Mookie P wanted no part of the fister. Nope. Nope, did not. No fister for me. No, Mookie. no. Uh, uh uh, no see, fister for you. All right, it's enough. is <laughs> uh, Texas and the NFL will both be on Black Friday this year. Ironically, it's Aaron Rodgers and the Longhorns on the same day. Yeah, that was part of a little sneak pre uh, sneak peek preview by uh, the NFL uh, about some of the games, like the international games they announced. I think what Chiefs and Dolphins are playing in Germany. Uh, back-to-back games for the Jags in London. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard uh, B&E talking about this, and uh, somebody said they should call them the London Werewolves. Oh, I think it was I think it was Ty who said that. They should call them London, which would be cool. They should do it like the old ABA thing with the Spirits of St. Louis, the Werewolves of London. Is that, are the Jags playing at Wembley Stadium? Yeah. They're playing at Wembley? Okay. Well, they played it. They well, played those games at different soccer venues. But it, make, it makes sense, and this is um, – here's your pro wrestling tie-in for today's show. So the Khan family owns All Elite Wrestling, and mm. they're doing a show late August at Wembley. Okay. And I think they – it's like – I think they have – it's not like sold out, because if you sell out Wembley for wrestling, you're talking 100-plus thousand people. Yep. I think they, they're arranging it for like 60,000. Mm-hmm. And doing a doing a show, but that's that's a promotion that the Khan family owns. Okay. So I wonder if they're just getting it. Kind of, but, but then again, it kind of makes you wonder. Like this whole with well, the Jags moved to London deal, yeah. could that ever happen? They're because they're getting awfully familiar with if being they across do, the pond. I will be disappointed if they don't call them the Werewolves. That would be great, or, or and especially after the Warren Zevon song, Werewolves of London. They should just call them the Werewolves of London, not the London where just Werewolves of London. They should do that if they're going to do that. Uh, if if they wind up, can they pick up the Fister Hotel as a sponsor? I don't think so. It's an old grand ornate. It is to Milwaukee. It'll be the London, what the London Fisters? It is to Milwaukee what the Driscoll is to Austin. I want that because, like, now that I know, like the you know the Nippon Ham Fighters. I yep. told you that deal, right? Yeah, I'm like, right. oh, the Ham Fighters. What yeah. a cool name! Like, oh no, it's again, the Nippon Ham. Again, you didn't understand the yeah, deal. <laughs> really, really disappointed. Uh, it's just like my, you know. My inability to decide, now, here's to, the be- to decipher the Toronto Blue Jays logo for about 30 years. Here's the best take on all of that the whole day. I said the Fister Hotel is spelled P-F-I-S-T-E-R. Mm-hmm. Golf Lingo said you should have a Fister Hotel in Pflugerville. <laughs> Perfect. There you go. Perfect. It should be. It would make sense on that. Golf Lingo, shout out to you, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flea is also in Babylon, according to uh, Tom. Plays a big studio exec. Does a nice job. So there you go. Uh... So, hey, Jeff, I have a ton of feeler 90. I think it's Fleer probably. Oh, yeah. I start saying, what is feeler? Okay, Fleer 95, 98. Is that brand or generation of cards value? Uh, depending on what sport, uh, if you've got, there's a, there's a David Ortiz. I think it's his Fleer Ultra, though, rookie that's kind of his flagship rookie in that era. But, eh, you know, it's still that era of being overproduced. Yeah. I was more of an upper deck kid growing up. <laughs> 
than Fleer. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, baseball question. Do y'all think we have a chance? We, meaning Texas, is this Longhorn Fins uh, text uh, to host a regional if the Longhorns sweep San Jose State and West Virginia, then win big. big it's a lot of ifs. Title. A lot of ifs. I would say you almost have to start with that. But even that, it wouldn't guarantee it because, like I said, if West Virginia sweeps Texas Tech this weekend, Texas is eliminated before West Virginia even gets here. And they would also, at that point, have eliminated whoever drops the Oklahoma State K-State series and would be in the driver's seat to win it. So it's not to say that if West Virginia hosts, Texas couldn't, but it would take those kinds of things and maybe a couple other things. I mean, there's other um, there's there's other things. We've we've seen I've seen a number of uh, regional projections. They start to sprout up like dandelions this time of year. And I've I've seen a number of projections. Here's one I saw, Jeff. This might appeal to you since you went to uh Greenville last year for the Super Regional. I saw a hell of an environment. Well, I saw a regional projection. I've forgotten where I saw it because, like I said, I've seen several. That had a regional hosted by Duke. And Duke as the number 16 seed, the last number one. And Texas the number two, which would be the highest number two seed, which would kind of make a little sense. And Duke hosting it at the Durham Bulls Athletic Park. Not at Coombs Field, their their tiny little ballpark, but the but at the minor league ballpark, mm-hmm. and they would play it there, and the winner of that would then, assuming the the higher seeded team won in the regional lines up, it would go to the number one overall seed, which would be Wake Forest, Duke Wake. That that's the kind of logical thinking that some NCAA reps might do yeah that kind of thing if you are a real high number two go to the weakest number one seed which would be the 16 overall seed which means you lock up with the number one in the supers duke wake that kind of thing yeah it's it's possible you you could see something like that so that that's one example and then i've seen what everybody else has seen too on the more common sites uh going to uh dallas baptist uh, with DBU as the one and Texas as the two. And uh, I think I saw it, what, with uh, Sam Houston, uh, the three, or or A&M, the three, and Sam Houston, the four. I'll tell you another series to watch this weekend. And I, uh, Mike Harge and I talked about this on the air last night. Caught uh, a little bit of you guys last night. It's good stuff. Oh, yeah, we have a lot of fun with that. Um, uh, when we were talking about a lot of the different things with regionals, um, and I mentioned – that this weekend and the final weekend, obviously, there's going to be even more framework for how the conversation might go on some of those based on the results of some big series this weekend. In the Big 12, we know them, uh, the the two big series this weekend, the one in Morgantown, West Virginia hosting Texas Tech, and Tech really needing wins. Now, Tech had a really unusual deal uh, yesterday. So they were playing Abilene Christian. This was the resumption of the game that got rain interrupted two weeks ago in Abilene at Crutcher Scott uh, Field. So in that game, Abilene Christian was up 6 nothing in the fourth inning. Skies open up, rains come. Remember, that was that rainy night when Texas was playing Texas Southern. And so they stopped play. They stopped it in the fourth inning. They didn't call the game. They didn't cancel the game. They suspended play. Why? 
because the two teams were going to meet one more time this year in Lubbock. So what they said was, we'll pick this game up in Lubbock, finish it out, and then play the regularly scheduled game. Well, that day arrived yesterday. So they go out to Lubbock. Abilene Christian, the home team, obviously, they let them finish the game as the home team because they were at home. They build on the 6 nothing lead. They get it to 9 nothing going in the 7th. Tech scores 8 in the 7th and 7 in the 8th. And they hold on and they win 15-11. So Tech wins the first one, and then they go and they take the second one. So they got two wins that helped them, uh, but they go to Morgantown this weekend. So if Tech is to stay on the minds of those who would assign at-largest, uh, at-large bids if you don't win the Big 12 tournament, uh, that was important for them. This weekend in Morgantown is is really important for them. So that's one big weekend series. The other one is Kansas State at Oklahoma State. Those two are tied for second. Right now, whoever loses that series will drop down if one should sweep the other. And it'd be difficult to imagine K-State sweeping Oklahoma State in Stillwater. But we've seen some weird things happen in the conference this year. Uh, and and not certainly uh, unexpected to not see – not expect – uh, perhaps Oklahoma State on a roll to sweep Kansas State. It could happen. Uh, I don't think either side will sweep the other. I think it'll be a I think it'll be a split one way or the other. So that'll factor in. And then there's one other series to keep track of. Well, there's two more. One for Texas State because they've been on a little bit of a roll, and they play at Louisiana this weekend. Huge series in Lafayette because Texas State is good RPI right now. It's still on the climb. And uh, they, I was trying to find D one's regional projections, and I can't. Uh, Yeah, you're right. They usually come out on Wednesday. They got their podcast posted. Okay. So so that's one big one. And you know what? One of the biggest, well, in fact, I'll say it it to you right now, the biggest um, uh, series in the state this weekend is? No idea. It's not UTA at Sam Houston, but that is important to the WAC. Clay Van Hook's done a good job of that UTA team rebuilding it on the, on the fly in his first season as a collegiate head coach. No, it's Dallas Baptist at UTSA. Yeah, Huge series mm-hmm. in Conference USA. It's got all kinds of implications for at-large possible hosting, how it affects the other teams in the state like Texas and Texas Tech and Texas A&M. It's real big. So there's some big series this weekend, even as Longhorns prepare to take on San Jose State. Texas State 37 in the RPI. That's what I'm morning. saying. They're on the climb. So that's, yeah, that's that's good to hear that. Okay. All right. Um, now, uh, coming up next, we'll, um, somebody said, need to hear more about not understanding the Blue Jays logo, Jeff. Stoner's asking that. What do you not understand uh, about it? We don't have time to get into it today. Remind me when I'm on the show again because I'll be out the next couple of days. It's a Blue Jay days, head so. with a Canadian uh, I was looking at the Blue Jay wrong. I thought it was forward-facing, and I thought the Blue Jay <laughs> eye was like an eye patch. So I'm like, it looks like some weird Canadian hat that it's wearing. And then I realized the beak. And I'm like, oh, good Lord. How did I not notice that? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Don't, don't worry, Stoner. It's okay if you think I'm an idiot. My brother still laughs at me about that. You know, for years. It's one of those deals that like I shouldn't have told people, and then now that people around me know, they're like, I can't believe you're you're an idiot. I knew people who for years did not get the Milwaukee Brewers logo. Didn't know that it was a glove. Didn't know it was an M and a B with a baseball see, in it. See, got that one. Uh, a lot of people didn't see it. It's like the, 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 the what is it, the Rorschach? Yeah. Uh, the ink blot test looking at that deal. I thought it was like, I thought the Blue Jays was kind of a weird French like Canadian I see a bat swashbuckler thing. thing. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. All right. Up next, Flex 30 update, second hour Longhorn Notebook when we continue with Life the Tower on the Horn.
Greg Webb and Jeff Howe light the tower. All right. Uh, we've got a lot of things to get to. First, let's uh, jump right from Rufus and Chaka Khan right on into our Flex 30 update. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. Shout out to Dr. Eckert. Absolutely. Uh, to uh, Dr. Greg Eckert and his great staff. Okay, so uh, Cam, uh, we talked uh, softball playoffs yesterday. Now it's on to baseball playoffs. Yes, sir. And uh, with that being the case, bring everybody up to speed. We had somebody on the Specs tech line saying they text line saying they needed a Sakura update. Well, let me give you one. So he'll be on the bump tomorrow night against San Antonio Reagan in a matchup of two of the top 10 teams in the 6A region in the area round. It's almost unfair, Craig, that these two teams have to meet so early in the playoffs. Yeah. But it's going to be it's going to be a heck of a series. Thursday at Concordia University. Uh, Friday will be down to the Northeast ISD Stadium. And then Saturday there's going to be Game 3, which possibly there will be. will be at Wimberley Baseball Field. But Socorro will be on the bump. Uh, for San Antonio Reagan, it might be Aiden Coleman, uh, their number one guy. But Reagan went to the state. They were state runners up last year, Craig. I mean, you know Travis mm-hmm. Steely. He was he was a rattler, an incredible Porter base- Brown. Porter Brown, yep. Incredible baseball program under um, Coach Chapman. He's been there for like 19 years, same as almost Coach Carter. So that's going to be a really fun series. Uh, Sakura will be starting for the the man asking, and then Westlake will be taking on Brandeis. Also, the winner of this winner of the of Westlake and Brandeis will play the winner of Round Rock and Reagan, Craig. So potentially, whoever's in the region is region semifinalist or whatever yeah, it's those, called. The, yeah, the regional semifinal, Sweet 16, uh-huh. If it's Round Rock or Reagan, they will Oh, have, that's not Sweet 16. Reg, regional, wouldn't it be third round regional quarterfinal? So the about? round after that would be the regional semifinal. Whoever right. comes out of this side of the bracket I will have you. potentially beaten two top ten teams in the state just to get to the regional semifinal. Not I'm even close to state. So yeah. It's a bloodbath for Reagan, Westlake, and Round Rock. Yeah, yeah it's a, it's a, as they like to say in World Cup soccer parlance, the group of death. Yep, it's that kind region of, of death for sure. There it is. All right, so there it is. There's your Flex Thirty update for today. All right, let's jump uh, right from that into our second hour Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. All right, uh, Cam, you're, you're again the real MVP of today's show for culling all of this audio. All right, so. Heard a lot from Steve Sarkeesian, Rodney Terry, and Vic Schaefer in hour one. You can get that on the podcast page at hornfm.com or wherever you get your horn podcasts uh, to find get the first hour clips from the Texas Fight Tour stop in San Antonio last night. But let's go ahead and get this. I wanted to save this because this is all transfer portal stuff. So, Cam, this will we'll start with Sark. This will be cut four for Sark. And other than those initial four guys, right, Travell Johnson, Brendan Thompson, uh, Jaden Alexis, and Derek Brown, Texas had nobody else enter the portal during the spring, which, read of that what you will, but Sark was asked, period, point blank, what does it mean that you didn't have a lot of transfers leave? Well, I think it's helpful. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we try to be a... 
be honest with our players. You know, I talked about that earlier. You know, it's, I think players want to be coached. They want to know where they stand, and then they want to know how you're going to help them improve and develop into the players that they want to become. Um, and so, you know, we try to do that. We try to be honest with them. We try to have those exit meetings at the end of the regular season, those exit meetings after spring football practice, um, and tell them exactly where they stand and then what they need to do to improve and then how we're going to help them make that happen. Uh, and I think the players appreciate it. Um, but I do think we've got a we've got a tight knit locker room. We've got a tight knit just kind of building an organization. I think we've got everybody kind of you know pulling the rope in the same direction right now, which is which is a really good thing. And then one more cut from Sart. Cam, this will be the last one. Uh, just adapting the transfer portal from the standpoint. If you remember last year, remember Craig, right before the portal closed, you had the whole kerfuffle with. Xavier Worthy, right. maybe some schools coming after him, and Janae Barron's name was mentioned in right. a couple of the guys, and now it was Malik Murphy. People were reaching out to sure. his people about NIL deals. Supposedly well, Alabama and Auburn coming strong after him. Yeah, and, you know, Sark, he addressed it last year and addressed it again this year. How do you handle when, quite frankly, you know other schools are, are going to come after your players? One, we have to say to ourselves, it's a reality, right? That's going to happen. I, I don't think we can walk around with our head in our sand that – hey, we're going to recruit good players and it's just going to be great. No one's going to try to come poach our guys. Uh, but two, I just think that's where your culture kicks in, that that we've got such a good culture right now that I don't think players really want to leave. Right? Now, there's times when we may have to try to find, get creative ways to, to, to get them to want to stay, but I don't think we have guys on our team that are just thinking, I want to get the heck out of here. You know, I don't like the locker room. I don't like my coach. I don't like our system or our schemes. You know, um, I think that we've got a lot of players that like what we do. Uh, they like the environment. They like the culture that we have. They feel like they're improving and getting better. Um, but I, I definitely am aware of people are probably going to try to come after our guys, and that's okay. We just got to make sure we handle it accordingly. Well, well Sark talks about culture in the locker room and how things are good and guys aren't in a hurry to get out. If you're a Texas fan, whether you personally like Steve Sarkeesian or not, if you're a Texas fan, you should hope that this program takes the next step because all that stuff we talk about the talent and everything else. We talk about the culture that this team has, the the kind of the the, the togetherness. I don't know what, how you want to couch it, but you combine talent and everything else with the fact that this does feel like a tight knit group. This is when you feel like okay, you're on the. It feels like you're on the cusp of taking that next step. True, because we all know what the alternative is, right? Yeah. And I don't think anybody wants to go through that again. So uh, that's just another step. That's that last cut should be one of those positive things you take away from all the Sark audio we've heard today. All right, let's go to Rodney Terry. Um, he was asked about. Uh, roster turnover in the portal. Go uh, go to cut eleven. Cam, I asked him. You know, you've got Max Aismas, Caden Shedrick, uh, Zarek and Yemma is now official. He has signed his athletic scholarship agreement. That came down uh, during the last segment. And Kendall Weaver's the same deal. So you've got you know you got your returning guys. You got your newcomers. What needs do you have left in the transfer portal? Well, I feel like we got a pretty good, pretty good set of guys in terms of the front court. Uh, we still got to be able to show up a little bit of our guard play. Um, you know, if Tyrese comes back, then obviously you got a winner in him. He's Sweet 16, Elite Eight kind of guy, and hopefully takes us to a Final Four, right? But uh, you know, you got Max. Uh, we just signed Kendall Weaver. We feel like it's going to be a really good player as well. Uh, so uh, I think just showing up our guards a little bit more, getting a little bit more experience there. And I remember I've talked about this today, Craig, coming up tomorrow. The portal closes tomorrow. Yes, it does. The NBA draft combine invite list went out this morning. Now, Tyrese Hunter was not on that list, so I think you could see him make 
his announcement to return sooner rather than later. Dylan Mitchell was invited to the combine, so you're going to have to wait a little bit on him. Uh, but it's, there's going to be another wave of guys that get into the portal before the deadline. I asked RT about preparing for that. I don't know what wave we're in, wave three, wave four, whatever it is, but I asked RT about preparing for that next wave of guys that's going to get into the portal. Yeah, there's another trickle-down effect coming from the from the draft and the combine. The guys that uh, maybe guys that are not hearing what they want to hear, they have a chance to come back and uh, um, you know use their eligibility to continue to play play uh, at the collegiate level. Uh, there's going to be another wave of guys, so we'll kind of prepare for that and be ready for that as that occurs. And finally, for Vic Schaefer, Craig, I've get I've gotten asked a lot of women's basketball portal questions. Okay, and I keep answering it with, well. You look at their one big need. I think they've only got one spot left. And the one need is you'd like to get another ball handler who can run your second unit when mm-hmm. Rory needs a break. The catch there is, and I know everybody sees what LSU is doing in the portal and what some of these other schools are doing. Well, the catch there is, it's almost like looking for a backup quarterback in the portal. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're recruiting a guard, they know they're coming to Texas to basically be Rory Harmon's backup, however you would want to couch it. Uh, but Vic talks about roster needs in the portal, but I think you'll also hear him in this cut, Cam, this will be cut six, talk about why he's not in a hurry to get in the portal because including Giselle Mall, he really, really likes this incoming freshman class. It just have to be the right person in the right position. I mean, we're not gonna we're not gonna compromise the the character of our kids, uh, of our program. We're not gonna compromise the um, Certainly, the the skill set or the, the the level that we need. Um, I'm not going to say no, we're done, but I am going to say that it'll take somebody really special for us to take them. And that's how we've operated this whole period with this. We've really been selective, and I and again, that's a blessing, right? We've got everybody back, and um, and so uh, I think that's the beauty of of developing. Look, the secret to our success, my success over a 38-year career and however many years I've been a head coach is we recruit to a fit, we retain our student-athletes, and we develop them. We take great pride in the development process, but that takes a buy-in and a trust from your student-athletes. And I think it's really evident that our kids are bought into our program because we don't have anyone in the portal. And so I think that's a, a real indication of where we are, and I'm excited about our future. Hey, I, I'm excited to see our kids come back in the summer and uh, get to work with them every day. Yes, that freshman class headlined by Gisela Mall, Madison Booker. Vic is really, really – he's not giving you lip service right there. He's He'll tell you he's legitimately excited about yeah. where his program's going. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're for, for sure on that. And he's he's pretty pumped up. Cam, again, you're the MVP today. There's a lot of good <laughs> stuff, a lot of good cuts there you put together, sir. All right. Uh, we'll be back to wrap up today's edition of Light the Tower on the Horn. It's going to wrap it up for today. Hope that you got a good fill of Jeff Howe because you're not going to get a fill of Jeff Howe over the next few days. Some of you can celebrate because I'll be out for the next three shows. How about that? I'll be back on Tuesday. He'll be back on Tuesday. We'll be back with you tomorrow, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, bringing you more of our brand of radio. Uh, Stay tuned. Bringing their own unique style is Chad and Zay. So stay tuned for that. For our man behind the glass, our producer. The MVP today. Absolutely. Cameron Parker. And for my co-host, Jeff Howe, I'm Craig Way. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning right here at 10 o'clock on Light the Tower.